Buddies podcast. I'm Joe Masato, joined by Barry Trammell. Barry, I'm fired up because we get to cover a Thunderball game together tonight. You'll be at Paycom Center uh, to watch game one of two against the Los Angeles Clippers this week. That is the good news. The bad news is um, arguably the four players we were most excited about before the season, um, especially on draft night, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Josh Giddy, Chet Holmgren, Jalen Williams, they are all out tonight. We obviously know Chet's out. Uh, Jalen Williams is still out with a right orbital fracture, and Josh Giddy sprained his ankle last game. He is out, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, after being a game-time decision with a left hip contusion two nights ago, is already rolled out for tonight. So, Barry, we, we will not be seeing the Thunder at full strength, nor the Clippers, because Paul George and Marcus Morris, they're also out. Well, dang, you just ruined my day. Oh, what no, you've I'm just sorry. done, St. Joe. I'm sorry, uh, Barry. You, you didn't know this. I didn't know it. I didn't know that. I've been, I've been in deep, knee deep in college football. Oh, boy. Where, um, where the people don't sit out, they opt out. So it's a different kind of, uh, it's a different kind of absence. Um, this is not going to make the natives happy. I can tell you that. This is not going to make the natives happy, St. Joe. Um, I've already gotten some, some fans who are not thrilled that SGA missed the home opener. Now he's going to miss game two. Giddy's out. We know he rolled his ankle. I'm not. I'm not Let me say something about S- SGA though. Like yes, this you know if it was a continuation of the the knee injury, um, maybe it's different. But like this is an altogether new injury it's a hip contusion uh he did fall on it um in, in the thunder second game and and missed like sga is a competitor like he he's not going to the thunder's not going to have him sit out in the home opener and he's not going to willing willingly sit out in the home opener that's that's all i'll say about that i think it's just bad well, timing from a messaging yeah, standpoint. It, it, it very well could be i don't know that the thunders the thunder administration is heartbroken about it um, the, the first half, you know, or the first week and change of the season has gone swimmingly for the Thunder future. Uh, some teams that are down on the, down on the bottom with the Thunder is a winning when we didn't think they would San Antonio, Utah, people like that. So, um, it's a bummer. Now, if you're asking me about this Clipper game without SGA, without Giddy and without Santa Clara Williams, I would say that's their top three point guards. So they really only have two. So who's going to do the point guard duties tonight? Lugans Dort? Yeah, I think they'll start Dort and Mann in the backcourt, and I think Dort will be the primary ball handler. Um, and then <laughs> that's basically the end of the list, Barry. I think Poku is obviously a guy that will handle it a little bit with that second unit. Um, but, yeah, they're – they're short on ball handlers certainly tonight, which is is a problem against a good team. Well, yeah, it can be a problem against a bad team as well. So yeah. it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Usman um, Jang, that's another guy that will you know, I basically actually thought, play point guard. I thought of I thought of Jang at that. I, I think I go with Jang over your good friend Poku. I really do. Yeah, but it's just you know it's unfortunately that that's just sort of the cost of doing business, I guess. Um, sort of, sort of a mess, but, um, I, I, uh, I'm really going to regret not seeing Giddy cause I like watching Giddy play basketball. 
He was and, good uh, the other night before he got hurt, too. He was really attacking the rim, putting pressure um, on that Timberwolves defense. I thought he was having a good game. Yeah, I like, I like all kinds of things about him. So, um, so we'll see. I don't know. It's uh, – uh, it, it's going to be a case of uh, will the now will Kawhi play? Kawhi will play. Um, well, he, that's good. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that part. Yeah. Uh, also, a bummer um, we don't get to see Paul George. He's out with a non-COVID illness. We have to we have to specify our our various illnesses. Uh, I wonder. Today. Now, here's the good news. Does that mean you'll be playing Thursday? You think or no? Uh, I I guess I have no idea, but we'll we'll see. This is mm. this is the first of a. Uh, a few of these baseball type series that the Thunder will have this year and teams across the NBA will have to cut down travel the Clippers in town Tuesday night um, and they'll play again on Thursday night in Oklahoma City so the Clippers are going to unpack their bags and make make the Omni Hotel I assume uh, their home for the next few days well nothing like nothing like some good uh, you know some good uh downtime in Oklahoma City in October. It's a beautiful time of the year, so good for the Clippers. I bet the Clippers, the Clippers are thrilled. I bet they're thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they can do some team bonding, but pick yeah. up a couple of victories. Well, that's you know that's a shame, but uh, that's uh, that's what we'll have to deal with. Uh, gives you a chance to see some of the other guys. You know, I I really was wanting Santa Clara Williams. You know, that's the one. I've seen Giddy play. I've seen SGA play, but you know, so I, I wanted to see the development of Santa Clara Williams, and to see that delayed is a little frustrating, yeah. especially in the wake of the whole season situation with Holmgren. Yeah, and the six minutes we did see of him were very exciting, I thought. Yeah, yeah, he did a lot of things. and um, Well, that's going uh, to be wild. Um, Reggie Jackson will, will be uh, – He'll be playing all out. I can tell you that. He'll be fired up for the Clippers because he he, he he likes to inflict pain on his former squad, Yes, the the, uh, the Thunder. The, the Clippers are 2-1. and one. The Thunder is 0-3. Oh the Thunder is one of four uh, un, <laughs> totally defeated teams. I, I, winless. Winless is the word I'm looking for. Um, the the Lakers are zero and three. The Kings are zero and three. The Magic are zero and four, and the Thunder are zero and three. There's only four games tonight. None of those other unbeaten teams are playing. So, um, if the Thunder loses tonight, they'll remain one of four unbeaten's. Just un unbeaten's uh, uh, winless. I keep messing up, Barry. Um, looking at just offensive and defensive ratings. Now, this is so so early. So, just want to caution. Uh, Everyone with that. The Thunder right now ranks 26th in offense ahead of the Wizards, the Heat. Uh, the bottom two teams both call L.A. home. The Clippers are 29th and the Lakers are a distant, distant 30th. And in defensive rating, the Thunder ranks 21st. So, you know, still still early. The, the good thing about these first three games that we've seen, um, the first two were extremely competitive. The last one was competitive through three quarters before the Timberwolves uh shot the lights out in the fourth. So it's not been bad to watch. It's just been unfortunate given the injuries and all that. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, you can't, you can't put a lot of stock, you know, this, this, uh, offensive, uh, start, like say for the Clippers, um, I assume they'll be fine. Um, but 
the, just, by the it, way, can... the, the Clippers offensive rating, so they're scoring 103 points per 100 possessions. So that's 29th. And yeah, know, the teams yeah, above the, the last. The, the teams above them, 105, 105, 106. But down at the bottom, the Lakers, 97 points per 100 possessions. They're six points worse than any other team. Well, yeah, basketball in L.A. is not what uh, they think it ought to be. I expect the Clippers to, to get good. It's yeah. a shame, you know, if, if you're a Thunder fan and a team like the Clippers comes in and not at full strength or not, you know, not playing well, it's sort of a bummer to not see them in all their glory. One of the things, you know, you don't remember this, you were too young, but when the Thunder came in, Actually, sort of when New Orleans came in, when the Hornets came in in 2005, one of the prevailing theories was, ah, you know, nobody's going to get too crazy about this team, but it'll be cool to watch the Lakers come in or yeah. the Celtics come in. Or, you know, everybody will be fired up for that. Well, and then four minutes into the home opener, I think it was against the Kings, Hornets, Kings, you know, the whole city's gaga over over uh, the uh, the Hornets. And it's been that way ever since. But you know, when during this during this rebuilding phase, you sort of have to fall back on that mentality a little bit, knowing it's going to be drudgery many nights. Um, so it's a bummer when a team, a quality team, comes in, and you don't really get to see them full strength or or, or playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, just something you have to live with. Um, I just I look at a game like this now without all those guys and. Oh, yeah. you know, I guess I guess you just see what's going to become of Darius Baisley. I guess, did Baisley get in a dang doghouse the other night? Yeah, he played, played, four, he played minutes? four minutes, which was a team low. And that's two days what after, the... or no, a day after. It was the second night of a back-to-back. He played really well in Denver. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I did too. I, I did too. He's making some shots. Golly, you'd, you'd think you'd have to do something awful to get in the doghouse on this team. And he's one of their best it. defensive players. Oh, man, yeah. So what did he do? Why is he in the doghouse? you have any idea? No, I, I mean, my only guess is Mark Dignall said after the game, we asked about Darius's minutes and Poku's minutes, and even dating back to that Denver game, I asked Mark about kind of the quick triggers on a lot of guys, and he basically, you know, he's not pointing out specifically what it is, but it sounds like a combination of – um, not having your head in the game offensively, not hustling, uh, not showing a ton of effort, and, and not guarding defensively. So it's as much mental lapses as anything. So, you know, with Poku and Baisley, those are two guys that they've, you know, kind of fluctuate, and they can't always count on them to have uh, their motors revving at full speed. So I, I think he, you know, sometimes sends a message to guys like that and takes them out of the ball game, and you don't know when they're going to go back in. Like, um Poku went a long stretch the other night without playing, and um, you you can see Mark not not getting frustrated, but like not really not really wasting time um, if you're not going to play hard. Yeah, and you know we we've sort of joked about about Baisley as a brooder. You know he's, he 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 doesn't play with a lot of joy. Doesn't doesn't seem to to play with a freedom. So, you know, and that's not a good sign. I don't think that's a good sign at all because this is a contract year for the guy. So um, that, that disappoints me because I think there's a makings of a good player in there. I think there's a guy, you know, a guy that can guard on the at perimeter and def- defend the rim. At least defensively. Yeah, I've sort of I given mean, up offensively. But there, there's a place for 
a guy with length who can defend multiple positions. Yeah, and, you know, and I, I think he still, as a shooter, has perhaps more potential than a lot of those guys. So I hate to see that because I think that that would be a waste of potential talent. Say that. Yeah. Um. By the way, Darius Baisley. Never mind. I was looking at the wrong thing. Um, let's talk about Lou Dort because he's been a topic of discussion these first few games. And um, let me just say this: Lou Dort is not shooting the ball well. I don't think he's taking shots that make sense for him to take. But I'll say this: he's playing a position in which, when the Thunder is a good team or when the Thunder is fully healthy there's no chance his usage is going to look like this or he's going to be bringing the ball up the court or, you know, have the ball in his hands late in the shot clock trying to create something or, you know, taking all these threes from, you know, above the break. Like this this Lou Dort that we're looking at and, and saying, oh, he's really struggling. Well, yeah, he's really struggling, but, like, he's struggling way out of position. This is sort of the Lou Dort we saw the last couple of years when – the Thunder is sitting some guys and he has to take on an outsized offensive role. Like I, I guess my, my thoughts on Dort haven't changed one way or the other really from, from last year. I just think this, he's not being put in a position to succeed out of necessity. They just don't have enough guys right now. Yeah. I, uh, uh, we've talked about this. I think we talked about this last week. I'm really smitten with Dort's annual, improvement he's a get gets not just better but a lot better offensively every year but i thought the first couple of games was a real setback was it the denver game where he had the terrible start oh yeah i think and five he, and he, five misses in the first four minutes or whatever it was right and you're just like it's not and, the misses it's just like the number of attempts like what's going on here yeah and missing badly you know, a couple of air balls in the two night. Air balls, yeah. yeah, and just always, you know, he looked like Poco to some degree. He's, Poco four, shots. he's four of 20 from three this year. Yeah. So that's uh, disconcerting. I need to know what the heck's going on there. Well, that's really got me flummoxed. Maybe tonight he can get himself straightened out. I'd be I'm very, very, very pleased to see that. But um, I was really hopeful of, of some Dort progress this year. You know, he's. He's one of the foundational players with, with SGA and, and Giddy, no doubt about it. So, I mean, they've made the financial commitment to him. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to get traded. It's hard to trade for a guy that can't hit the rim. Um, so, uh, I just that, – that to me, that's, that's a red flag I saw early. Now, it's one game. So, I don't look at – the 4 of 20 doesn't bother me. But the rapid-fire – you know, the, the, like you said, the amount of shots in such a short a time and missing so badly, that's not the thing you see out of good players. Yeah. So, so that's, that's something I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, on the, on the other hand, a guy that's shooting really well from three, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, he's seven of 11 in the early goings. Um, and I think, you know, this is exactly how, the Thunder wants a center to play, a guy who can stretch the floor, create some space for the guards to attack, um, play solid defense, is fundamentally sound. You know, maybe he's not a long-term starter, but he is certainly now a starter without uh, Chet Holmgren in the lineup. But I've been 
impressed with JRE and after a, a pretty bad preseason where he's missing a lot of shots, you know, that's, it's just a good lesson. Like, Hey, don't get too down on the guy. Cause um, he looks like an improved player, even in the early goings o- over his rookie season. I really like him. He's, he hasn't been avalanched on defense and they've played some guys that could avalanche him. I mean, they've played when you talk about, you know, defending the post and defending bigs. They played Minnesota and Denver yeah. these first three games. Towns and, and so Jokic. That's, yeah, they get you with them beat us the three most talented big guys in the league. Yeah. And I, so uh, just a quick aside, I I like Carl Anthony Towns better than you do, but I was just not impressed by him in either of those first two matchups against the Wolves. Uh yeah, he's he's a Let's think of a scorer who's not an all-star, like a wing scorer who's not an all-star. I don't historically, you know, guy that can fill it up, but that's what he is. Just because you're seven foot and you score 24 points a game, that doesn't make you an all-star. And I think he's the farthest thing from that. Minnesota, I wonder if Minnesota could have sent Gobert, could have, could have gotten Gobert just by trading Carl Anthony Towns to Utah. Think that would have done it? Well, yeah. I There's no way I would do that, though, if I was Minnesota. You wouldn't? No. I'd, I'd rather have Towns. I mean... You'd rather have Towns? Wait, wait, wait. I'm standing up at a tall table, so i got to find a chair or I'm going to bang my head. Gobert is a way better player than Carl Anthony Towns. He's a difference-making player. He changes your culture. He changes your team. He changes your one loss record. That, I, I mean, great day. It's all good points. Like he's, he's probably still the best rim protector in the NBA. I just think we have seen at times his playoff shortcomings and really his offensive shortcomings. He's not a guy you can just throw the ball to and and things work. I think just for the modern NBA, Carl Towns with the way he shoots it from three can post up do all sorts of things i know he's a minus defensively and he's not a winner or hasn't been um but just from a pure like talent perspective i i i would 100 percent want towns i just think he's easier to fit in than gobert and i think the timberwolves are gonna have you know maybe even longer than i thought they would as as far as figuring this out yeah maybe so it's just hard to compare like the best or one of the two best, probably second by Jokic, offensive bigs in the league versus the best defensive bigs when they're so down on the other side of the ball. I know Gobert scores a lot just because he gets you know easy dunks and putbacks at the rim, but um, those the, it's hard to compare those two, which is exactly why they brought Gobert in to play next to um, a defensive liability big in Towns. Yeah, probably so. I just... I just like Gobert way better. But anyway, back to my good friend Jeremiah Robinson Earl. <laughs> He's been on the court pretty good. I mean, he didn't he didn't spend a ton of time. Uh, you know, he didn't go twenty five minutes against those guys. But I thought he held up reasonably well for as small as he is, and he can spread them out and make a shot. So, yeah, I, I've liked what I've seen out of him early in the year. Mm-hmm. I really have. I really have. All right. Well, any. We'll we'll make this a short one since we'll have t- two more games to talk about when when Friday rolls around. Anything else from these first three games that have 
stuck out there. The, the only other thing to me, and we've kind of mentioned it with Baisley and Poku, is Mark Dagnall isn't messing around with his rotations or lack thereof. Like he's playing, he's playing anyone and everyone. And you know, if you if you're uh, fighting hard out there, he's probably going to leave you in for a good chunk of time, which um, is sort of a you know, I, I think the players like it because it gives everyone a shot. Um, but he's he's had kind of a quick trigger uh, with with pulling some guys. It's really interesting the amount of players he's playing. Like even in like the first half, I think it was eleven in the opener. I think it was eleven in the first half. He played thirteen might, in the first fifteen minutes two nights ago. Well, well there you go. Um, so he's he is empty in the bench, and that is interesting. You never see that in the NBA. Most you ever see is ten or eleven man rotation. Um, when you're experimenting, when you're doing laboratory uh, research, that kind of thing can happen. I don't know that it's great for anybody's rotate uh, for anybody's uh, rhythm, but you know what are you going to do? So got to make the most of your chances. Um, I do worry about somebody like Lindy Waters. I think Lindy is better served. You know, not playing on Tuesday and then getting to play, you know, stretches of eight or nine minutes twice on Thursday rather than coming in for two minutes here and three minutes there. But that's not the lot at which he has. So um, I wonder, you, you think, you think Dagnault will keep up with this, this sort of haphazard, I'll call it haphazard rotation? I sort of do, um, especially considering, you know, that the Thunder is not going to be contending for anything this year. Like, it's a chance. They, they've made a, a big point about exploring the roster, and I know we sometimes laugh about that, but um, they have – the reason they were able to move on from guys like Viet Krejci and Ty Jerome and Teo Maladon is that they played them a ton and ultimately figured out, okay, we don't think these guys are going to be contributors long-term. So by playing Eugene Omarui big minutes and, uh, you know, obviously Usman Jang is going to get a lot of time and Trey Mann's going to get a lot of time. Um, Aaron Wiggins is going to get in there. Isaiah Joe's going to get some minutes. They just want to figure out, like, what they have in some of these guys. Um, and I think I think Degnault's fine playing that way now. If Shea's out there, if Giddy's out there, if Chet Holmgren's healthy, Jalen Williams, like that, that changes things because all of those guys are going to get a lion's share of the minutes and take some away from the guys deeper down on the roster. But when you're missing some of those guys, I think they're going to play basically everyone who's suited up. Yeah, well, it, you know, it keeps keeps things interesting. It's I think it keeps the other team on its toes. Probably, I mean, you got to go pretty deep into the scouting report. I remember I covered that last salt that last Thunder game in Salt Lake last April and you know I had three guys that hadn't even been on the roster till that week, Simpson and oh Georgios and Melvin Frazier. Melvin Frazier, whoever, I can't remember. But anyway, I said I in pregame I asked uh, Quinn Snyder, I said, Quinn, how do you game plan for a team like this? I mean they literally are playing three guys that I've never seen play, much less, you know, I covered the team. I don't know anything about these guys. How do you – and he basically said, well, you sort of don't. Um, and I wonder if it's the same. If It's hard to game plan or scouting, do a serious scouting report on 13 players. Yeah. So 
eventually your own players will probably blow you off if you try that. So um, I guess it could go to the Thunder's advantage in, in some small way. Yeah, it, it's cool that, you know, sitting as close as we do in Oklahoma City, um, you, you can tell, like, I mean, all of these teams have advanced scouts and everything, and and they do know about a lot of these guys, even when, you know, Isaiah Joe has been in the league a couple of years in Philly, but he checks on the he checks uh, checks in for just a few minutes, and he's standing in the corner, and the Timberwolves bench is up yelling "shooter, shooter, shooter," and it's like that's Isaiah Joe out there, so they've got a pretty good idea of what the Thunder is rolling out. But yeah, I don't know how deeply they're scouting Jay Will of Arkansas and uh, Omar Rui. Everyone knows Waters can shoot, but I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of a weird team to play in that sense. Yeah, so um, it makes you learn the team, though. I can tell you that it makes you learn the team. Yeah, and and you know this, this and, and and at least Santa Clara's injury solves the problem of Jalen Williams. If you hear us talking about Jalen Williams in the next few games, we mean Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas Santa, got, got his. Santa uh, Clara's not playing. He made his debut on. He Sunday looked night. okay. He looked okay. I thought he's sort of an energy type guy, getting away type of guy. So. Yeah, maybe, he just maybe. is constantly bouncing up and down when he gets in there. He's got he's got energy. That it's not that's not his problem. And his first NBA stat was a he he took a charge, which was the most fitting thing I've ever seen. So um, <laughs> there's going to be many more of those to come. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening to the Thunder Buddies uh, podcast, and make sure you're listening on Friday because we're going to have a new addition to the Thunder Buddies team. He's going to be handling. Um, a lot of the production and you know changing some things up and, and really helping us take a step forward as a podcast so look out for that um, and we will talk to you Friday to recap a couple of Clippers games